Bill, come on. Enough of the enough of your producer bullshit. <laughs> this is the media availability for Maple Leafs coach Sheldon Keith. Coach, there's been some talk about the physical punishment Austin Matthews has been absorbing. Any concerns there? Well, uh, that's yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. Uh, let me let me let me let me check my notes. Uh, oh yeah, here it is, here it is. Okay, Austin's a big boy. Austin's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. We we like our group. The compete level was there. Go ahead. Next. With Murray on the shelf, any concerns about Samsonov's workload? <laughs> Goal. <laughs> oh, goalie question, goalie question. I have those notes somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, here they are. Here they are. Yeah, we like our goalies. Samsonovs, he's a big boy. Like his compete level. Really, really like our group. Next. Fourth line minutes were down tonight, trending down over the last week. Any reason? Hey, listen, listen. Those guys, those guys are big boys. We like them. Could they be bigger? Maybe a little better? Who can say? Next. I've got a question about the defense. How? I am not defensive. I told you. We like our group. Okay, that's all the time we have with Sheldon. Sheldon, this way, sir. I said I like the group. I made that quite clear, didn't I? Make sure you tell Kyle. It's hello, hello, hello. The Five Hole Pod is back, finally. Finally back after many a technical difficulty and many an angst-ridden evening going over our notes and trying to figure out how we did this podcast in the first place. But we're back now, whole and sound and hopefully technically strong and entertaining for the that's, people listening. That's a lot. That is a big ask. But anyway, That's a yep. big ask, yes. And a big ask, there, but I think we're we're good for at least four of those five. There's a familiar voice, King Conco. How are you this week? I am doing fine, although I'd prefer not to discuss my position in the pool d'hockey. Sakez-vous! <laughs> Can't be any worse than me. I think I'm dead last. G. Francis, I think you're dead first, aren't you? Yeah, I know the fucker, eh? But that's because he I'm came. Tied he for cheated. First. He I'm cheated tied for first. though. He, he oh. cheated. Good he for cheated. you. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, some some guy. <laughs> some guy is tied with me. The guy that's tied with me has a very similar roster, actually. But he does have McDavid. Well, you um, should you should make that trade now and soar ahead. Oh no, he won't. He no, said no, last no, week he would. He'd never do it. He said he last can, week cannot do it. <laughs> Was okay. it last yeah, week? Yeah, I just couldn't. I, I can't. I can't. There's Did, something that I can't do in that, life. Are we not allowed to say last week because last one week of the, was... One of the lost episodes? Last week was like that baby that we lost, like, you know, right before naming. What do you... What do you... What? That's not uh, the third episode. The third sad episode that, that's, that's blowing up and is hovering story. somewhere in the ether, never to be heard do you by our when, loyal do you notice, listeners. Do you notice how when Bill... When it's Bill's problem, he denies it ever happened. Like I don't know. I think I I think I took one like like it was like, uh, you know, the equivalent of podcast prison sex the week that I blew it. So you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> you blew <it's>, what? <laughs> when I when I did not. 
properly save my file. Anyway. Yeah, so, and then I was guilty. I, I somehow managed to not record a stellar episode. Um, but let's let's uh, call a spade a spade here. Bill Moogs, esteemed producer of this show, completely <laughs> messed up last week, Bill. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I told and welcome, welcome to the club. And, and the not club. only did he, well, I guess I can't really say this because I was going to say, and we'd recorded like an hour of quality material, but then again, I guess we'd done about an hour and a half when I screwed up. So never mind that comment. Anyway, well, allow me to rein in this. Yeah, uh, thank God. Great discussion. <laughs> and go to our first go to our first topic of the evening which is which is a little stale at this time because we are a week say, late. can you guarantee can you guarantee it will be a better topic can you guarantee it's no. even going to see the light of day can i guarantee that either of you will have anything to say about it that is fresh oh. and, and revealing i'm not sure let's see okay. what, is this like punch him wax uh, legacy or no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> One more time. This tired old topic. Anyway. Anyways, Punch, I'm telling you, after he got married, he really, no, no, I want to talk about Kiefergate, which is, you know, the issue over the past week where Kiefer said something about his elite players not being elite, and then he somehow had to track that back as a result, I assume, of voices either in the room, like from Marner or Matthews, or Kyle in getting in there and Kyle getting in there and saying, "You know, you can't talk shit about our high-priced talent." In any case, it, his 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 explanation after the fact was really the the pathetic thing, where he was trying to suggest that he didn't mean they weren't elite players or playing like elite players, and really never explained what he meant i i think he was just he was going out there to apologize essentially but you can't really apologize for that kind of stuff anyways the media in toronto has been going over this and going over this do either of you guys have any fresh feelings about this that might be worth our audiences well, all i can say is if, if if i learn one thing from it it's that uh old Kiefer doesn't think too quickly on his feet i don't know what he was talking about how he decided to play the I was managing the media thing is just like, what? That wasn't even like, that's like, <laughs> that's like answering a question that's not the question you're asked. So I don't know what he's talking about. Like, you know what? Why don't you just man up and admit you said it because it was pretty clear what you said. I mean, I don't, you know what? The people who criticized him for it I don't hear anybody saying he was wrong so what's the problem you know what you get, you've got you got uh, what 45 million dollars tied up at the top of your lineup or whatever it is and these guys all they didn't show up that's not that's not good what do you what do you think uh, you know is a yarn crock supposed to save the day no yarn creek Oh, is it Creek? Creek. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so I don't know. How do you pronounce that? Creek? Ya Yarn Creek. <laughs> well, whatever. I don't know. It's just like, you know what? Total stupidity. He should have, he, he should have just, they should have just left it alone because it only made it worse when he tried to, 
you know basically what he was saying was your inference was incorrect and i'm like no it was not so whatever you know that's all i gotta say okay g do you have anything to say about it would you would you could you imagine george imlach backpedaling like this (laughs) punch Sure. Exactly. Could, could, you, could you imagine Pat Burns backpedaling like this? Can you imagine like, Brian Burke even? Brian Pat- Burke, like, go down the list. I mean, look at all, like, jeez. Like, that's just what you do as a coach. Nobody bats an Pat eye. The thing about Pat Quinn is he just, he was so sauced up on whiskey. <laughs> he just rolled with the punches. But, I mean, the fact is, nobody gives a shit like this is it's really as a listener it's it's in one ear out the other and he's just expressing the same frustration that as fans we're all all feeling so i mean it's like good on you buddy although at the same time he's just presented himself in this situation and then his backtracking and basically everything else this year like a like a man who's just worried about his job, who's just um, lost control. I mean, it would be really interesting to get a little peek in there and see what sort of dynamic that room has right now, you know? Like, are there cracks, you know? Like, you know, it's just a fact that coaches lose, lose the ears of the players over time. At what stage is Sheldon Keefe right now? Because he's... He's in panic mode. He's freaking out. I mean, they're all freaking out. We've talked about this before. Look at Dubas. Like, look at Dubas, you know, blowing a gasket like the other night over like, you know, a goal called back or a goal scored or whatever it was. It's just, yeah, these things happen. I mean, Cam Neely's made a career out of throwing stuff around up there in the press box or wherever he sits. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's just... There's something going on in Leafland, and they're all they're all kind of twisting in the wind right now, and starting to really freak out about their own personal futures. I think, and I, I just think that's why Sheldon is like acting so irrational. You know, changing his mind and, and changing his message every time he he gets in front of a mic. So there you go. There's my take. But you know what? I you know what? If that's the case, it's about time. The only. Th- the only thing I would say in, in to add to this is in maybe a bit of a counterpoint is, you know, a coach can only like uh, start throwing his players under the bus so many times over the course of a regular season. And he's done it twice so far. Um, I mean, including, so to speak. Including the first game of the season. Exactly. Which got a lot of flack, right? Exactly. Like, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, he's not right. I mean, all these uh, – you could – probably make statements like this 10 10 or 15 times throughout a year but i think you have to pace yourself and i my understanding not that it's based on anything except what i've heard through the media is that the the relationships are pretty good like they they like their coach but maybe things are starting to turn a bit because keith is trying to turn the page on that relationship in a way and become a tougher guy and that's why he's come out with these fairly honest statements like two out of the first three games wasn't it I, i'm not sure or was it the first two games anyways it was the first two losses it, it was the first game against montreal and then it was against phoenix i mean i think those were the 
Yeah, and he's you know he's, di- very disappointing losses, and and he, yeah, he expressed it. And he's only got so many bullets in his chamber before those ears do start to close, and the guys start rolling their eyes when they see it, and expecting it, and not trusting him, and all that kind of stuff. And that probably will lead to, lead to his demise faster than anything. I mean, he's got to walk a tightrope because he he can't if he thinks that the place is a country club and he needs to be more demanding of his better players. He's got to balance that against, you know, alienating those better players such that a change is needed. I think, you know what, when you have a roster constructed like the Leafs do and you depend so much on those players, I I don't know, I I guess, uh, you know, what are you supposed to mollycoddle them? You know what, making a lot of dough to perform more than most guys in the league. By a long shot, I don't have I don't have a single problem with it. Other than he should have just he should have just let it go right there. I don't give a shit if somebody's feelings are hurt or because there's no misunderstanding there about what he said. No, no, I was just gonna say I, I think we can all agree. Like I mean, the way he just backtracked so swiftly, um, there's no doubt there was a backlash. It's just the question is where did it come from? You know, did it come from? high up above or it was a dubis or it was his leadership group or the, the elite players that weren't playing elite like somebody reacted badly and it was like he was trying to smooth things over i think we can all agree on that i think marner started sulking yeah i think it was someone was sulking and you're right i think it was a reaction to what he was hearing behind the scenes that he was going out there to correct Mar- marner was a little too defensive about it even though he even though he's saying it's not a big deal, it's what happens in the room, stays in the room, and all that shit, he seemed a bit miffed. Well, you, you know, know, that's another thing. It's like his demeanor these days. He's shrugging everything off. It's like last night, like, you know, they were all snake bit, and it's like, is this bothering? Oh, no, no, not, not at all. Like, come on, Mitch. Like, come on. Like, give me a break. Of course you're frustrated. Like, I think you could admit a little bit that... Uh, I don't know. He was denying that it was any problem whatsoever, and I just found that annoying because he was, you know, full of crap, frankly. You saw it out on the ice when he hit that post. It's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. What do we got to do to score a goal? Like, seriously, it was obvious. So for him to turn around and do that, it's just insulting. You just kind of look like a a dumbass. What do you take us for, Mitchie? Well, you know, it's interesting. We have this great opportunity to get a little bit of insight into what Mitch is thinking because we actually have some, we happen to have a little, we were a bit of a fly on the wall in a discussion that was going on between some of the players uh, in the inner sanctum of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, let's go to that now. Hey, Mitch, Mitch, you got a sec? Always, Maddie. What up, dude? I'm thinking of uh, shaving off the old stash. No. Yep. Yep. No. Hey, wait. It's the scoring drought, right? Trying to shake things up a bit, Maddie. I get that. Jeepers. I'd shave off mine if I could grow one. I'm snake bit as well. No. No, not really that. I'm getting the looks. Feel it's only a matter of time, really. Hey, guys. Not, not now, now Bunce. Ah, oh, come on, guys. Not, Not now. now! Anyway, what's the problem then, Maddie? Oh, uh, my mom. My mom's creeping me out, always going on about how handsome I am. 
Spitting image of Uncle Javier, she says. Have you seen Uncle Javier? Ah, oh, damn. Wait a sec. What's up? Again? Okay, okay. Look, don't fight. Just give it up. Later. Who's who's that? My fiance. We've been carjacked again. Holy schmoly! Hey, let's not make this all about me, Maddie. I'm worried about you. Hey, it's it's only a stash, man. Well, only a stash? I'm gonna call Muzz. I don't call him my best friend on the team for nothing. I don't like it when you talk like that, Mitchell. Oh, Maddie, let's not get into that shit again. Hang on. Yo! Hey, Muzz! How's my best buddy doing? <laughs> nice one, Mitchie. Damn! That was good. That that was. I think that was pretty good, guys. Like, it's pretty good. See, it says pretty good. It's going. Oh, fuck! I couldn't. Okay, it was very good. <laughs> okay, that's it. We gotta write some more bits for uh, King Conco. Apparently, that's not what I said. That <laughs> sounds like another <laughs> bit. So, guys, it, off the topic. Uh, no, not off the topic. Off, off the top of my head topic. Ah. Do you think, do you think, how many more games is it going to take before Bruce Boudreaux's head explodes? <laughs> it's very close. Like, do you, okay, do you think he's going to, how many more games will he get fired? Cause like, What's their record right now? They got a win yet? It's like, oh, it's, it's like six like seven or something. Or something. Yeah, seven, seven like yeah. Well, no, maybe it's six, but I mean, yeah, I think it, might, I think it actually is seven. I think it's seven, yeah. I don't think they have a, a point. Right? They've no, lost they... fair and square every game. Yeah. <laughs> fair and square. <laughs> and I, I feel really, I feel bad for Gabby, man. Like, but, come but, on. Everybody loves Gabby in this game. I feel bad for the guy. It's it's too bad. It's too bad to see him squirm. I, I actually don't like it. Like, sometimes you, you know, it's like you're in the Coliseum and you're just rubbing your hands with glee watching somebody's misery, but... I'm not feeling that way about good old Gabby. I, I feel really bad for him, but, uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't hired by Rutherford. He was hired by ownership and, uh, his days are definitely numbered. I mean, we need a big, a big, uh, turnaround by the Canucks very quickly or poor Gabby will be watching from afar. Oh, they gotta, they gotta win like five in a row or something it, I mean I don't know man they look terrible look absolutely terrible they're coughing up leads yeah well you know who's, who's to blame for that Mikheyev yeah well no of course <laughs> is Mikheyev back yet yeah yes. he is yeah these yeah. came back in the weekend I think the thing is with anyway it's pretty bad Bruce Boudreaux as a head coach in the NHL I think I might have expressed this before he's I've always thought that guy is the perfect guy to insert when you fire your head coach who's lost the room, who's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a drag to play for. And and then Bruce comes in and just, you know, lets a big fart rip in the middle of the room and everyone laughs and then they go out on the ice and and, and just play based on, on in a barnstorming... So 
Like that was John so Brophy's trick. That was John Brophy's trick. They're just no, so loose. It was actually Armstrong. Oh, uh, it was Armstrong. You're right. Well, yeah. Brophy did it too. Just didn't mean to. <laughs> you know what they're gonna do? It's gonna be. Um, they'll plan this. They'll fire Gabby, and then Gabby will come back, but he'll be wearing a big fake mustache, <laughs> and he'll take over, and the yeah. team will turn around. That's and right. Only we, the audience, knows that it's actually the same guy. I thought you were going to say, and then Gabby will, like, like uh, as soon as he becomes available, he'll, the Leafs will fire Keith, and he'll take over. Well, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what? You say that about him, Bill, but, you know, I mean, the guy has had some pretty good runs coaching some pretty good teams that just couldn't get over the hump in the playoffs. But, I mean, it wasn't like a half season here and a half season there guy. I mean, he's, like, put in, like, you know, two, three years in, you know, Washington. Yes, I agree. Minnesota. Like, he's not just a Band-Aid guy. He may may be a player's coach, but he is a career coach. I mean, he had a long uh, minor league career with a a few cups of coffee, uh, in the NHL, but I mean, pretty much has been coaching from the day he hung up his skates, which was a long time before he made it to the NHL. So, I mean, he's a real coach. He's not like uh, some celebrity that's just coming, coming in to uh, smooth things over. But I get what you're saying. Like lately, that's kind of been his trend. You know, he, he can, he can come in and just mix things up. I would apply my theory even to his stint with Washington. I realize it lasted longer there, but it was the exact same phenomenon when he was installed. And it, as I said, it lasted longer. But eventually, how long did it last? You know, like about two and a half years, I think. Yeah. I think he got the first half season, and then he had the next season, and then the third one was where he his effect slowly wore off. I listen. I obviously, I'm not. I'm not in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll quite say. obvious. I'll say you're not. <laughs> I'm nowhere near the room, actually. But, but and and coaches, you know, they're not all X's and O guys, anyways. Like a lot of times, they 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 hand over a lot of the technical responsibilities to their assistants, and probably that's a valid uh, way to go about things. But in terms of setting a tone of discipline and all that kind of stuff, I think the guy's the opposite. And that's why the guys, uh, players like to play for him. But eventually that starts to take its toll. It's just a theory. It's my theory on Bruce Boudreaux. And I think he might be coming to the end of his rope. I mean, I suppose he sits out there, like once Vancouver fires him, he'll be out there as a good patch up for, you know, the next guy who has to go and they got to bring in some interim guy. And if, then if there's a big turnaround in that team, he might get, you know, another contract. But I think people are catching on to him now and that he's not a statistician. He's not a, a technician. He's not a strategy he's not guy. He's not a tactician. Yeah, tactician. That's, a, that's the way to put it. I, I don't know. I, that, that, that's my feeling about it. And, and I, you know, I, don't, I, think he's, I think he'd be hard-pressed to turn Vancouver around because he's already had his – loosen it up and throw the sticks on the ice and let's go have some fun uh you know stage which happened last year and they yeah, but think they about roared think, through that pretty quickly well, i know that but that's what i'm saying is like think about how they ended the season last year 
And what's I'm just trying to I'm, I'm asking the questions as much as I'm you know answering it. What are the what are the changes with the roster? Have they lost anybody of significance? Because they just seem like like terrible. Well, I think it's more that the the guys they counted on last year are just not performing. Like JT yeah. Miller, right? Is he not performing? I don't even know. I, I don't know. It just I, seems like it just seems like it's becoming uh, a real issue. Anyway, you know what? As we as we all said, it, well, actually, as G said, and I sort of agree, and you obviously don't because you. You just want to see this guy's balloon burst, Bill. But <laughs> no, anyway, I feel yeah. I don't. I feel well, bad for the guy. Right, I've seen right through this guy's act. <laughs> he isn't one of those guys you're going fuck yeah, finally. You know, like he's been pretty cool about it. Like you know, and then he then he can't. He's so cool about it. Then even when he even you know shows a little bit of frustration and emotion, everybody's going, oh my god, like look at Bruce, like he's you know. I mean, the team's performing like crap. How yeah. many more losses? How many more losses by the least before Sheldon Keefe isn't sitting in the same position, though? Right? Like, I mean, we'll see. The Leafs have he's like, in a very tenuous position too. I mean, they've had a, a you know a very average start and and some very disappointing games, and all all their all their offensive stats are at the window right now. I mean, they can't they can't score five on five they can't score on the power play their bottom six is atrocious they're holding on to goaltending by a thread with you know a surprise samsonov there there's another uh pronunciation on his name besides uh besides samsonov and uh samsonov 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 oh when when you're volunteering like this is your creation this no, no, no. I've heard this one, too. And I, that seems the more realistic. Yeah, I'm going with Samsonov. Samsonov. I thought yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, I mean, like, you know, I, imagine if that guy got injured or something. Like, I mean, they're just... It's oh, funny. Yeah. I, I, think we, I think we've had this discussion last year. Like, I mean, and, that, and they had a... You know, Matthew started off slowly, and, and they weren't doing that great. And then Jack got hot, hot in November, and the team got hot and everything else. But... I don't know. Like I can see the pressure from these guys, like like Keith and and Dubas and beyond, because you're just a losing streak away from everything blowing up. Like you really are. Like a a few games spirals into a few more, and then suddenly you're you're in Bruce Boudreaux territory. Well, yeah. so, you know. Anyway, the, like we've listen. The big thing about the Leafs over the last few years has obviously been the cap issue and the fact that you've got like the best players and the dregs of the league filling in all the gaps and dubis over the last couple of years has i i would say not done a terrible job <laughs> that's damning with faint praise he, he's done a reasonable job filling in those gaps with the money he's got like you know you find guys like bunting like Kampf, like even kasha although he you know. did no he did a great job last year nobody can say he didn't 115 points and all those signings other than Richie were bang on for the money. Like, and ironically, they, he paid Richie twice as much. But no, last yeah. year, he did a great job. And people just are refuse to admit that because they, they've decided they don't like him and he's wrong for the job. So it, it doesn't matter. But 115 points, it doesn't matter how you get him. Top heavy, whatever. 
That bottom six was really happening last year, and, and their defense actually was better than it had been in years. But this year, it's early, and it was early last year when they were spinning their wheels. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like, are we getting antsy too soon because the, the turnover on this team has been huge? Like, you know, how much of that is these guys have to learn Keefe's system? You know, like how much right. of it is like there is like how can that not be at the pro level? Like they do things a certain way. Um, your line mates do things a certain way. They're throwing all these guys together from various teams, various ways of playing. Um, it might be a little bit much to expect them all to just jump in there like it's, you know, game three of, uh, of the playoffs or something. Although, yeah, it's true. It's true. There's not a lot of continuity in the bottom six, and you just wonder how long it take them to gel. But, I mean, what are they gelling with? Some sort of – or, or put it this way. I would say Dubis might have used up all the rabbits in his hat. Like he if, – if from year to year he's sort of dipping into the pool and – taking a chance, grabbing a bunting, grabbing a comp, and, and it worked out a couple times, you, you, you got to expect that that well's going to go dry the odd year. And this might be the year where yeah. every one of their, those guys is no better than, maybe a little better than a dud, but nothing that's really going to help the team. And, uh, you know, you could go over the names, but like the Aston Reeses and the Obey Kubels and all that kind of stuff, like, I don't know. You mix them together, it might just be dreck in the end and not too helpful. I mean, the bottom line is these are guys, sorry, these are guys that were discarded, chosen, yeah. you know, teams chose not to bring them back and know them well, and we, and the Leafs signed them. So, I mean, you know, are our expectations solely driven by the media pumping them up in those little profile stories they have all through training camp? Right. You know, or, or, but anyway, King, you were saying... Well, I was just going to say that everything you said makes sense, but it only makes sense to me in the bottom six, and this is a team that's built around the top six, so there should be no break-in. These guys are, you know, they they should be performing. That's why Keith's saying <laughs> these guys, like, the, the, so as they go, so goes the team. Like, that's, I'm sorry, but that is the bottom line. That's what the model is. So, you know, we can talk about patching the bottom six together and these guys learning the system and all this stuff. You've got like five guys, six guys who've been on this team for a long time. There should be no learning curve here. You know, like they these are the guys who, who are going to win you the games. You know, like if the, anything you get from the bottom six is gravy. So I get but, it about but, the turnover and everything else, but I'm just saying like... You know, this is this is what this is what they've created is this kind of thing where you can't even retain your bottom six, so you're totally dependent on the top six. And I don't. And that is the problem, and that's why the bottom six. When the bottom six is struggling, it obviously puts more pressure on the top six that yes, know the system and should be like just chugging away. And you know, I expect that to turn around. I mean. I, I think you you can't just suddenly go in the dumpster these these elite players the Leafs have, but you know if the third line is providing no offensive thrust of any kind, and even a guy like Kerfoot who I'm a big fan of, playing with uh, Enval who's just been absolutely horrendous. Now I 
I understand he was injured all through training camp. I understand, you know, it's it's not easy to just jump into a regular season. I mean, this guy's a fitness freak. So, I mean, those you know, long sinewy legs have to get. Yeah, they have to get his rolling. neck, man. He's got to get his neck moving again. You, you gotta, would know, Bill. <laughs> but seriously, like Engvall has been terrible. I mean, he hit his stride last year, but he's reminding us of the Engvall the that just frustrated the hell out of every Leaf fan for the last couple of years, up till about the halfway point of last season um, when he finally figured it out. But he's right back where he was. You know, I cut the guy a little slack. Yarn crack. I mean, I don't know, man. Four years, not a ridiculous amount of money, a couple million or whatever. He just simply has not stood out. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as he should be right now or what they were expecting. Uh, hopefully he's just getting his feet wet and figuring things out, figuring out new linemates. But poor Kerfoot is is rendered ineffective playing with these guys right now. And you can sub in uh, Aston Reese or whatever the hell the the guy's name is for that one game makes no difference. He's certainly not going to like drive the offense. And then the, and then the fourth line is just, you know, well, this they don't was know supposed to be to the year that. that we've got like, Oh, the Leafs have all this speed on the fourth line. And finally, you know, and, and then suddenly Cliffy and, and, and Simmons are back like, and they're touted as saviors. So like figure out what story you guys want to pump, but you, you keep changing your tune. Um, anyway, I, I really think that, yes, the the top two lines have to drive the team, and they should, and I, I suspect they will. But if the bottom six isn't supporting with opportunistic offense and doing a great job at defending and doing all those things that the bottom six should do, then, you know, it's just more pressure. It's like we don't have to worry about those guys. We can put everybody on these top six guys. So... I think it does make a big difference. Anyway. I can't even disagree with anything you said. Wow. Okay. Well, well what can I say? Your point was well made. Well, well expressed. Well taken. Okay. So I guess that's a wrap. And uh, what was that? Episode 25? Was you, that, win the, uh, you win the debate, I guess. Well, that's was, it. No, the, well, no. That's the thing. There was no debate. No, no, no. We, is... were, we, were, we were all uh, barking up the same tree on this subject. Hey, the other thing that's going on is is the crazy um, abuse that um, Matthews had to take against Dallas, and uh, and that's why they had to insert at least a Simmons. I mean, even if Simmons sits on the bench and plays the odd fourth line shift, I think he's serving a purpose. He doesn't have to play with Matthews; he just has to be there so that the guy on the other team who wants to, like a Jamie Ben, who basically could have broken Matthew's ribs the way he went at him there. I mean, a professional cross check meant to injure, but then he knows that he's going to have to Such fight cheap Simmons, shot, you know, uh, like on the next shift or that time when he went into the corner and the guy just raked his helmet off the back of his head. I mean, yeah. just crazy shit going on. I'm, I'm all for Simmons, like, you know, being the watchdog and everything, but that is just a luxury that the good teams don't have like you know you watch tampa and you watch colorado their fourth lines are awesome and they're effective and they score and they they buzz around and they're tough and they fight like those guys know, are too I, expensive 
this is the best we can do. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we, we got the Wayne train running around and it's, we all love Wayne, but it, it's, it's, it's tough to watch him playing these days. It just, he's, he's just so slow. Uh, he, he, and you know, he had, he didn't play bad in these two games, but it's still clear that he's not the answer. So yeah, he's no, he's no Aston Reese when it comes to hockey skills. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, this brings us to a new spot. And this one's called, If Kyle Clifford Had Done That. (laughs) Right up my alley. So this week... So, so yeah, you know, I you may, know how this. I may, uh, I may have to excuse myself from this segment. You know how this works. I bring up an incident that happened in a game, and then you guys tell me what would have happened if Kyle Clifford had done that. Okay, this is a might be the best little sort of in in program bit we it have could ever be, done. But it might it could be, yeah. It no, could also I'm, be the worst. I'm, I am stoked for this one. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. you, you, you would be. Well, here's here's the incident I'm bringing up. And by the okay. way, any time in the future, if you guys want to bring up your own if Kyle Clifford had done that incident, feel free. I encourage you. Mine this week is, of course, the Dylan DeMello hit on Mitch Marner when Mitch picked up all those facial contusions. No penalty on the play. What would have happened... If Kyle Clifford had done that. I think Gee. Mitch would have said, Cliffy, what the fuck? It's me, Mitchie. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's practice. What are you fucking doing, you fucking idiot? I'm on yeah. your goddamn team, Cliffy. You know, you know what I actually thought is, and I was thinking about this when we were doing the bit before, you know how like uh, how Muzzin is, uh, is Mitchie's best friend? I think oh, he's. Yeah. I I think he he fucking doesn't realize it's not jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's confused he's, by the facial hair. He slipped hair? a couple of times and called Muzz jumbo. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, he just like he's just, he hasn't even figured it out. Does no fucking clue. Jumbo's gone. Okay, but we yeah. got to finish. The, we got to lock up the Kyle Clifford. If Kyle Clifford had done that little. Uh, chest before we move on and the answer is of course if kyle clifford had done that five minutes in a game there you go that's what would happen lost yeah he'd wait he'd wait till game one of the playoffs um get kicked out turn the tide and uh send the leaves uh crying all no, the for while, another season. all the while, while having a stupid grin on his face. Now, let me ask this: Hey, if, whoa! L- let me ask the Leaf fans in the room um, what they thought of 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 that hit. Dylan DeMello did not get a penalty. I mean, that's just an oversight. Like, what what happened there? I don't know. Ooh. I never really checked it out too closely. I mean, Mitch. Mitch has been wearing those scars like a, a warrior this week. So um, I, I think everyone came out of it good, really. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's the, what's the fuss. I mean, there was a lot of that. That was probably one of the most uh, oh, no. in, inept. What? No, go ahead. Ineptly ref, refereed games, I think oh, you're going to see. Well said. Um, you know, like you can talk about that hit. You can fucking, you know, we. We might as well talk about the fucking uh, 
you know, uh, what was it the hit on uh, Nick or the hit on? I mean, that wasn't a that wasn't a dirty hit, and and then you know they didn't call that one on by Sandine on Perfetti. I mean, like there's fucking tons of shit they could have called they didn't call. So I don't know, like you, you can't single that out as just like the worst uh, the worst incident in, in that game. The game was fucking chippy, and that's just how obviously that's just how the refs let it. Let it they be let the players play. <laughs> well, there you have it. Once About freaking you know time. What? About freaking time. Okay, well, I'm moving on from that ridiculous take on that game. Um, <laughs> hey, what do you think? Well, Is you're, Gary... just moving it. you're just moving on because you know I'm fucking right. Okay, maybe. I'm, I, but I have another question for you. Do you think that Gary Trent Jr., now here we're talking about a Raptor, is, he's, is he the coolest dude in T.O. sports? Well, I mean, I think all the Raptors kind of, you know, like they're in a category of their own, right? <laughs> yeah, so, really. You can't compare I mean, a Raptor to a Leaf, if that's what you're suggesting. You know, like, I mean, that's like, silly. Just, just because, you know, like, if, if a guy in the Leaf shows up wearing, like, pajamas, it, this looks like totally ridiculous if, if you know some raptor shows up it's the coolest shit going on so that's that's a loaded question man i mean gary's a pretty cool cat plus he's got the junior at the end of his name which just gives him like total you know coolness right yeah let's talk so. about that let's talk about that so when you're gary trent jr or anyone jr if you're just if the say the play-by-play guy or someone refers to him because athletes professional athletes their names come up a lot if they're just saying trent is using his last name they don't have to say junior right it's just trent trent takes the three-pointer they don't you don't say trent junior takes the well, three-pointer right if you watch uh, if you watch enough uh, raptors games you'll note that uh, they always say gary that matt yeah i mean he's he's just first name guy right like uh through and through like uh you know how many times have they you don't hear them going van vliet with the shot it's always like you know fred right it's, it's yeah just, steady freddy from wichita yeah, yeah yeah exactly so it's just like you know like it's a whole different uh the only time you hear that in hockey is if you've got you know two guys with the same name or their brothers maybe the sedines or... the sedines they always yeah, like my first names yeah, yeah which was cool i mean like the, you know yeah, that's yeah, yeah. you know like but uh you know like i mean i just want to you know i want to get into one of those games with i guess toronto buffalo would be a possible you, you want to get into one of those games where there's like about eight guys named rasmus <laughs> and you're just well that's more and more possible <laughs> i know man is that like i actually am thinking like i gotta you know i would have a kid just to name it rasmus yeah i was thinking of changing my name oh, to rasmus yeah well yeah buffalo rasmus <laughs> my name buffalo. is almost rasmus oh, i was <laughs> thinking of, i was thinking of having a holiday called rasmus Mary, sort of like Mary, Mary Rasmus. Mary Rasmus oh. to you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There. There you have it. Sort of. It would be we like could, we could write some like, new. We could write some new carols for this holiday. That it'd be. It'd be. A, it'd have to be like a nighttime thing. I think. Like a very European, right? You know, like. Oh, midnight. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Break out like uh, some really weird cheese and fish. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so- <laughs> Holy Jesus. Okay. After, after coming home from midnight, Rasmus. Since we're talking about other teams, other players in the Toronto sports scene, I had a I had a little bit of a quiz for you guys. Um, right on. I love your quizzes. They're always that, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, in this one, I want you to rank the Leafs, the Raptors, and the Toronto Blue Jays in these categories. Okay. So we'll go through the categories one at a time. And you can do your ranking. First of all, connection to you personally. Like these three teams, which one is the team that you most enjoy watching, the team that you would most enjoy their success or whatever? Which one connects to you the uh, at the, the most emotional and most personal level? G? <laughs> Seriously? Really? It might be obvious. Come on, yeah. I, well, well, well it's two and three. Me. I mean, well, two and three might be a, a toss up. I don't know. Let's see. Oh, I'm ranking one to three. I thought yes. just which one. No, could no, you one to three. Well, one to I three. Mean, come on, we're not doing a podcast on the Raptors here, True or the enough. Blue Jays. So I guess. So it's I would say Argos the... one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, I believe that of you. Yeah, and then I that's it. That's do. it. And then I, I, I don't really follow any of those other major league sports. Yeah, yeah. So Argos. Okay. Argos one, Argos two, and three. King. Uh, it would probably be uh, the Rock, followed yeah, by yeah, yeah. Uh, T- TFC. <laughs> These teams and, weren't in the list. And then. Uh, Toronto six. So you're going off the board with the rock. <laughs> All right. Next category. Star power. Oh, right now? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, right now. Well, you, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna say star power, you gotta look at it from a Leafs uh, uh sorry, from a league standpoint. So it's hard not to say the Leafs followed by the rock and then a distant third would be uh the raptors really <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't put the blue jays in there at all i'm kind of kidding actually okay okay <laughs> <laughs> g star power Leafs. yeah i'm gonna no, go jay, with the Leafs, of jay's, course i mean there's no doubt the, or the argos <laughs> they do have they do have a elite top-heavy lineup. That's one of their major criticisms, and that's for a reason. And it's beyond, you know, just the fact that they're paid so much, uh, according to people. Okay, allowing... Yeah. After that, I mean, personally, uh, I'll I'll take Raptors and then Blue Jays. That was star power, really? Okay. Star power, yeah. On the... uh, What about clutch play? Clutch, um, uh, Mm. gutsy digging out a win when there didn't seem to be a way finding a way to win and and also overachieving which team do you think fits in that category best well i gotta give the jays the nod there i always think the jays are more than some other parts i know there's uh you know expectations on that team and they've got some good young players but i think they're probably like they are, 
even after the two game bow out. Oh, what, okay, but that, no, but that happens. It's two I games. I understand, like, but, but yeah. Um, oh, so we we do have a forgiveness aspect to this. We can overlook like when the chips are down and and um, applaud their gritty efforts that led up to that point. Oh. Well, I'm just okay. saying, all, all I'm saying, like, I don't purport to be, you know, a big, uh, big knowledge about uh, what happens, you know, with the playoff setups. But I do know that even before they changed the wild card uh, thing this year, the Jays would have still been in. So, um, you know, they're a playoff team and it's that it's hard in baseball. It's very easy to be a playoff team in uh, in hockey. And uh, it's f- that's true. Very easy to be a playoff team in uh, in the NBA, or it should be. So I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say that Jay's there for sure. Huh? G. Toronto Marlies. World <laughs> world champs. You know the only hockey championship we've truly been able to celebrate. Man, did I celebrate. When was that? Was that 18, 2018? Yeah, something seven. like that, right? Or Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, I was just yeah. looking. I was looking at uh, Andreas uh, Janssen today, just wondering, like, what the hell happened to that guy? And I'm looking back to that I year. Know. And he had, like, like, he was on fire. Like, in however many playoff games there were. Like, the guy had... Uh, goals in the teens and even more assists like basically he had like two points a game um now the only problem is i i didn't really follow it that much but damn the little memory i do have of that was uh you know was there a better grittier performance than the sheldon keith led 2018 toronto marley's ahl champs well, okay, here's it. here's my last category. Okay. And you can just pick the top one here or rank the three or four or five, whatever teams you want to pull into play. The next team in the Toronto sports scene, professional sports, to win a championship. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to return to the Toronto Marlies. I just think <laughs> these guys... They um, do have a good team this year. They got all the tools. So, they got a veteran presence. Yeah. They've got like a lot of good young kids coming up. They've no developed way. those seventh-round draft choices. Uh, they're hungry. <laughs> they're, they're ready. They're gritty. They're winners. They're a bunch of winners, Toronto Marlies. 2023 mm. World HL champs. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Toronto Six, Bill. I mean, they've got some really good leadership there with uh, Sammy Joe Small and uh, Angela James. And I think you know what? I think this is their year. Sorry, what team is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're saying six, yeah, right. Well, come on, the women's pro league. And you the, call yourself a hockey the podcaster. The women's pro league that the other pro league doesn't want to talk about anyway i don't know there okay. you have it that's my you guys, that's my, you guys have successfully skirted every question in that in that little exercise what are you talking but... about i think we <laughs> gave would some... you like would you like to give us a quick synopsis of your answers just running gave, down the list quickly we uh, gave we gave you know what we gave the heart. Ins- insightful answers bill 
Okay. We didn't okay. just go with cliches. Okay, so right. a rapid that's fire. What, Question that's... your answer. Yeah. You know, rapid yeah, fire. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Like okay. You know, five seconds. I had one more category. Sorry, I want to throw this in. The team that leads the Toronto sports scene in hyphenated last names. Toronto six. Yeah, I think it's the six. I think it is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I give up. Anyway, yeah, my my uh, answers. So what was the first one? Uh, connection to me personally? I'd have to say those Leafs, yes. Uh, star power? I got to go with the... Uh, I'd say you have to pick either the Raptors or the Jays. Why? C- clutch play? Well, because... Don't make don't he's supposed no to one be in the rapid st- firing. No rapid one in North fire. America cares about the, uh, hockey. Uh, I knew you were going to say that, but so but that means not... anything to you? Well, I, yeah. I'm I'm folding that in. Hey, what kind of answers did were you guys? Give? <laughs> I'm allowed to use what factors I have. Damn. <laughs> well, um, why don't we do a podcast on baseball and uh, basketball then, Bill? If you feel that way. I'm, because I, you know what, I'm, because I'm the out of least... here, guys. Guys, I'm <laughs> out of here. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill.